T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Well, this happened fast. Yeah, that's me. Cubs and Rockies called. So there will be a doubleheader tomorrow, 120 and 530, right here on 670 The Score, Cubs and Rockies. Pitching tomorrow, a little bit interesting that Zach Davies will start game one and Justin Steele for... Game two. Steele was supposed to pitch the game tonight for the Cubs, but uh, instead, David Ross has decided that uh, he is going to have uh, Justin Steele start the night game tomorrow. Again, 120 and 5:30 tonight or tomorrow is when the Cubs and Rockies will play a doubleheader, and uh, this gives me a chance to be with you, the score listeners, until 9 o'clock tonight right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. And guess what? I have <laughs> I have a clean palate. I have no guests scheduled. I have a lot of things circling in my head that I would definitely like to talk about with you guys, but would love for you to be a participant of this impromptu unscripted show right here on Chicago sports radio, 670. the score again, I'm Mark Grody and the way to contact us and me and our executive producer, Adam Stadzinski is the following three, one, two, 644-6767. That is the, the phone number. If you would like to call me, if you are a Cubs fan and you are driving home right now, or maybe you're jumping on the red line right now, hope that everything is safe and that you're all getting on nicely and neatly. But if you are listening on the Odyssey app as you're getting on the L right now, or maybe you are driving right now, put the phone on speaker and give me a call, 312-644-6767. And that, the text line is open as well. I'm on Twitter. Once I get that up and running, I will be checking that frequently as well. Mark Grody, or at Mark Grody Sports is where you can find me on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Actually, I I put a picture up on Instagram today of some visitors that came my way at Bears Camp. I was out at Bears Camp today, like I do just about every day. And I've got a lot of Bears stuff that we're going to get into in just a little bit. But while I've got you Cubs fans, there are a few things that are on my mind regarding the Cubs. Other than, other, should I get the alarming moments out of the way now? Because this has become a tradition on the shows that I host here. 
on the scores when talking to Cubs. Usually I have some sort of juicy topic to discuss, and then in the middle of it, I have a sidebar where I say, oh my God, the Cubs are 22 games back in the National League Central. It's just, it blows my mind every time I think about where the Cubs were in June and where they are now. It's alarming and jarring every single time. 55 and 72, 22 games back on the Milwaukee Brewers in the National League Central. All right, we, we got that out of the way. Here's what I want to ask Cubs fans at 312-644-6767. Now that there's a little bit of distance between when the succession of Cubs heavy hitters were traded to three separate places. Javier Baez going to the New York Mets, Chris Bryant to the San Francisco Giants, and Anthony Rizzo to the New York Yankees. It was a crazy 48-hour period, unprecedented in terms of the size of the contracts that were involved, the breadth of the players, the accomplishment of the players individually, and what they collectively did in in 2016. But here's my question to you guys. Because somebody wrote something recently in regards to the the person, and I, I wish I could give proper credit, and, and studs, if you remember, please shout it out, because I hate doing this where I arbitrarily throw something out there that I know somebody else wrote, but I can't think of who it was off the top of my head. But somebody had suggested that the the person or most likely to, or perhaps logically, to come back to the Cubs out of that trio would be, drumroll please, Javier Baez. I know you're thinking I was going to say Anthony Rizzo. It's not, and it's not out of the, let's not forget, it's not out of the question that any of those guys wouldn't come back. I don't think they will, but I, I see the case for, for Baez because I don't know what he's going to get in free agency, what the offers are going to be like, but the Cubs had made an offer to him, one that was plentiful, but maybe not as maxed out as Javier Baez had wanted. Um, so it's not out of the question that Baez would come back. But my question is this. Now that there's some distance, like I said, with what happened and where the Cubs are now and dealing with whatever it is the Cubs are putting out on the field right now, do you feel differently about these guys? Do you want any one of those three guys back? Do you want them all back still? you want two out of three back? Or are you one of those people who now that there has been that time to think about this, that time to, oh my God, I'll use a dramatic word, heal, does does it matter to you as much? Because I got to tell you, I, I was like anybody. Like there is a sentimental side to all of those players being gone, but I don't, I don't want any of those guys back. And, and here's why. Like all those guys were great contributors and – and they would probably be, like, Baez is young enough, Bryant is young enough to be potential contributors in the next era or the next blueprint era of Cubs baseball and Cubs baseball winning, specifically. Here's why. It's time for a clean break. That, that's that's really what it comes down to as far as I'm concerned, now that I've had time to think about it and formulate this. I mean, I've always said that I don't think any of them are coming back. 
But I also don't think that any of them should come back. And it's not like any of them are poison or bad players or bad citizens or anything like that. But you cut the cord. It was a highly emotional decision. It was one that turned off Cubs fans. I think that a lot of Cubs fans were probably in the the field of, yeah, this sucks, but we knew that it had to happen. And since it has happened, it's just a good chance for a clean break and to do something different. Because what was going on with the Cubs since the NLCS in 2017 was, for whatever reason, not getting you to that top place anymore. It was getting you good, for sure. It was getting you over 500 in the regular season. It was getting you to the postseason, but then it would just go totally and completely downhill. So it it, it this is just a perfect time to to let it go. It sucks. It hurts. There is still good or maybe even great in all three of those players. But at this point, it's it's time to let Jed Hoyer build something differently in a different way with different types of hitters and a different core. I fear that if one of these guys is to come back, or maybe even two of these guys, that you're kind of reverting back to an old-school Cubs way of, of nostalgia, you know? And nostalgia is good. It's fun to have a fan favorite. Rizzo will always be, all three of those guys, no matter what they do for the rest of their career. And like I said, they're they're relevant still, and these guys, all three, are going to be productive for a long time. But I just think that that was what happened this year, that that if you believe in signs, that that 11-game losing streak, and we can talk about the other tremendous losing streaks the Cubs have had this year. What was it, 12 or 13? And then 13 straight at home. It's been get-awful. It was 12, Gertie, 12. It was 12, okay. So <laughs> we went from 11 to 12, and then the 13 straight losses at home, too. you got to throw that in there as well. Um, but with with all, with all that having happened, that was, like, in a bad way, an important moment because all of the indecisiveness about the organization from the viewpoint of the organization, from the viewpoint of let's just let's just put it on one guy from Jed Hoyer, that made up his mind. I mean, he said it that when the Cubs were in first place in early June, he said that they were thinking of buying. When they lost eleven in a row, it was it was time to sell. And it was it was decisive and it was a clean break and a clean decision. And I think it's time to keep going in that direction. Time for a a clean slate, um, one with a different clubhouse, with different leaders, and a and a different way of doing business too. And I, I just I think it just makes the the most sense. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven Cubs fans, I'm talking to you. Your game was banged. By the way, that's the other great part about this is it gives all the the Cubs beat reporters a chance to say the game was banged. There is nothing that baseball people like saying more than a baseball game was banged because it's a cool word and everybody feels cool saying it. There's an empowerment about saying that word in the proper context, you know? Plus there's Um, the, the added bonus of, oh, hey, we can all go home now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I've been in that situation millions of times 
covering baseball for years and years and years and then intensely for three years when I was doing Cubs pre and post. And there, there is nothing like it. it. It's like when you're a kid and you, you have a free day. It's like a snow day. So you just do whatever the hell you want. So there is that freedom to it. But the problem is, is that every one of these beat writers and reporters are going to have to pay for it tomorrow by way of a double header. But I could tell you from being in that predicament many times, you don't even think about that. You think about, Oh my God, I have a free night tonight. What will I do with my free time tonight? What will I do? I'll probably go home and lay on the couch and order some food and watch a movie. So like, it's like that guilty pleasure of getting to go home after you write your little sidebars and uh, you go home, but then tomorrow everybody has to pay the price. Three one two six forty four six. 67, 67 is the number. Let us start with Rob in Western Michigan. Hi, Rob. You're on the score. Hey, thanks for taking my call, man. You I love it, you guys on Saturday morning, by the way. I mean, you're an outstanding individual. Thank you. Anyway, Much appreciated. Yeah, no problem. Hey, the Cubs. So you're seeing that the Cubs, you know, they got rid of a lot of good guys. Yep. You you want to rebuild. Is that what you're saying? You want to rebuild or you want you do not want to try to keep what what was going on, which they weren't winning, I understand. There's a lot of talent on that team. And you really you're willing to get rid of that for the young guys, right? I, I am well, it's it's very my answer is kind of complicated. I will say just for the sake of of this phone call that no, I am not for a a I'm for a rebuild, but not like the rebuild that that led up to 2015. And I'll talk more about that. But did you have another point that you wanted to carry on to that, or did or was did you just want clarification from me? I just want to say I, I like Anthony Rizzo. I like Javier. By I like I like those guys. They were they were good ball players. Oh, absolutely. And they were solid ball players for the team. For the yeah. team, they had to get rid of them. For you're hoping someone else comes in and fills that void. I just don't agree with that. So okay. I'd rather have a the proven player over the possibility. I gotcha. No, I, I appreciate the call. And there's probably a lot of people, Rob, I that uh, agree with what you're saying. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that th- those guys, that whole like. The vibe that worked for the Cubs, and it worked incredibly well for a few years, for more than a few years. It worked re- better than it's ever worked for the Chicago Cubs. But for whatever reason, it stopped working. So I think it's time to – I do think there's some symbolism involved, too, that it is it is time to – to make changes, to to not revert back to it. Like, that would be tempting. It'd be very tempting to get back together with Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, one or all of them, because, like I said, they're good players, really good players, but maybe just not anymore for the Chicago Cubs, that maybe it, it is time for new faces, a new way of doing business, a new type of core player, and... I, I, that's what I'm advocating for at this point. But my question to you is, well, essentially, do you disagree with me? And or do you are you down with the clean break of Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo? 312-644-6767. And no, I am I am I realized during what was it the weekend the Cubs were just slaughtered by Milwaukee there was like a 10 nothing game a 17 to 4 game in there there and was then like, it was it was the Cubs started out seven to nothing and then lost 14 to seven that was oh, that oh, was yeah. that was when I I remember I was working that day 
because uh-huh. it was the end of that series. It was the, the series you're talking about where they where things really went downhill at the start of the 11 game winning streak, losing streak, excuse me, and just yeah, they just got boat raced day in day out by the by the Brewers. And yes, they were up seven to nothing after an inning, I think, and then lost 14 to seven. Yeah, and that was the day that I answered the question myself that I had been asking Cubs fans for a while. And the question was always, do you have the energy for another rebuild? And the answer is absolutely not. No, Cubs fans should not have to endure that. There's no way if the Cubs fall off the map next year, that shame on the Cubs. That's that'd be embarrassing and bad and uh, Cubs fans not getting their money's worth literally and maybe from a figurative sense as well. Like they, Cubs fans have set a new standard in the way they root for the team and what their expectations are. And congratulations to, to Jed Hoyer on being a big part of why the standards were reset. He and Theo Epstein came in and said, screw all the stuff from the past. We don't want to hear about it. This is different. We're going to do things differently. We're going to put tons of money into infrastructure, whether it's home or on the international basis as well. We are going to hire or draft, I should say, or sign a bunch of thumpers and guys who could beat the shift and hit the ball over the wall. We're going to put together a damn good starting staff. And I understand they didn't develop their own, but that was a hell of a pitching staff they had for a long time that helped to carry these Cubs when the offense would have their fadeaways, which inevitably they've been having since since 2017. So it, it, it can't be like it's been this year, quite frankly. If it's if it's like this, then shame on the Cubs because you can't have another L11 or an L12 or lose 13 in a row in front of the fans that have been this faithful and behind you for as long as they have been. So I, I realized that you can, you cannot have that kind of a rebuild. It can be it can be something where you do sign credible major league players for the transition year, guys that are under one or two year contracts, guys that might stick around, might be flipped for other players, but respectable. And I always use Jock Peterson as the example, like guys like that, like they brought him in this year on the the one year deal. Um, and I do wonder too, based on that. Was, was this actually the year that Jed Hoyer and the Cubs expected? Or, like, was this really in the back of their heads? Didn't this have to have been the year that they were thinking about for this year, too? Because guess what? You do not trade one of the best pitchers in baseball before your season even starts, as they did with you, Darvish, if you're serious about your season. So I do wonder how serious the Cubs were about this year for that matter with the pitching staff that they have right now, or even, you know, during the season, like from day one starting staff, that pitching staff never had a chance. So I do wonder, and if I could, if I know that, then Jed Hoyer knows that. So I I wonder if the Cubs were actually ever serious about being a real competitor this year. And maybe they were the least surprised people um, in Wrigleyville that what happened has happened. 312-644-6767. Tim in Lowell, Indiana, you're on the score. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Mark. You You got it, Tim. Wow, wow, there's a lot to dissect there because I think you're on it like a fat kid on cake. They knew going into this season they had to. They weren't going to be able to re-sign all three of those guys. Chris Bryant with Boris 
no chance he's giving the Cubs a hometown discount. Nope. With Rizzo, I think I think he's going to eat a little humble pie. He's not going to get seventy million dollars uh, in free agency that he the seventy million he turned down for the Cubs. But to answer your question, if I had a choice of the three, I would take Rizzo. I would take an unselfish team leader who, to me, is the best in baseball at choking up on the bat, putting the ball in play with two strikes. Baez, flashy, great player, sells a lot of tickets. He's he's too selfish. I, I wouldn't want him back. We need some high OPS guys. I think the signing or trading for Nick Madrigal is a huge move and indicative of what the Cubs are trying to do. It's not a rebuild. It's a restructure, right? Yeah, I mean, it has to be. You're right. I mean, I, I and thanks for the call. I, I really appreciate you hanging in there, Tim. Hope all is well and dry in Lowell, Indiana. Um, yeah, and and I I feel like I, I've, I've kind of made my own realization here during this conversation that this what's happened with the Cubs this year, it can't really be that surprising to the to the powers that be. And all the and all the the semantics in regards to Jed Hoyer not wanting to call this a rebuild and using Boston and the New York Yankees as examples of teams with interrupted sustained success, I guess I'll call it. Um, but they had to have known that this year, when you go to war with one dependable starting pitcher in Kyle Hendricks, there's no way they could have thought that they were going to be in first place in June. <laughs> and if they did, they had to have thought it was something flukish. And they had that. They had their fluke. And then they lost 11 in a row. Oh, and then they lost 12 in a row and then 13 straight at home. So a, a lot of these questions probably could have, should have been asked before the season. Well, once they traded you, Darvish, that changed everything. Like in terms of the credibility of wanting to win this year, how could that not have changed the credibility of what the organization was doing? All due respect to Zach Davies, that is not your answer in terms of trying to find something equal to or close to, not even close, not even in the, in the same ballpark as you Darvish is, is Zach Davies. So I, I think they got to go to work quickly on this. I don't think that next year will be a winning year, but it can be a respectable year and it can be an encouraging year as well. And I get to a couple more calls here in just a second, 312-644-6767, because the one part that, is that I'm actually getting excited about again, and it took me a while, too, for this. And I think it's because Marquee Network has been playing a lot of... I, I was watching a South Bend game the other day. There was a Tennessee Smokies game, and I was kind of digging watching some of their prospects. So here we go again. If you are a Cubs fan, following and watching and obsessing over the Cubs' prospects and what did, what did Brennan Davis do last night? Is Braylon Marquez pitching tonight? Um, is Ed Howard, how's he doing? The, the local kid, what's going on with him? Uh, Jordan Wilkes, the kid they just drafted this year. Uh, Miguel Amaya, who we've heard a ton about, the catcher. But right now, 
Brennan Davis is considered, at least according to MLB.com, at least at last check, Brennan Davis was considered the top prospect in the organization. So some of that is fun to think about and fun to watch and imagine about and learn about. And that's how you get your next level of, of Cubdom. I just, like I said, if, if any of these guys are to come back, I'm not going to throw my arms up in the air and be angry about it and be like, okay, this guy is bad, like Baez, Chris Bryant, or Anthony. I mean, they're all great players, guys that I have had to some degree relationships with just from my days doing pre and post. So I like all these guys personally. It's just there's something Cubs nostalgic about it that doesn't sit well with me about bringing any of these guys back at this point. Just something. And you know what I'm talking about, Cubs fans. You know, you know what I mean? And that's old business. That's old business. But it is complicated when you have guys that are, are still good. I totally acknowledge that. 312-644-6767. We go to John in Dallas. Hi, John. You're on the score with Mark Grody. Hey, Mark, enjoying the show. Thanks, uh, wouldn't want Brian. I wouldn't want Brian back at all. I would. I would rather have Rizzo and Baez. This is what I would do if I was the Cubs. I would try to bring back Peterson. I would. I would try to bring up that center field that we got from the Mets, and then I would try to look for uh, another right fielder, and I would bench Hayward, and that's what I would do. So you would have Rizzo. You would have Magical. You would have Baez. You would have. Uh, the other third baseman we got now, you would have uh, – then you have Peterson, that center fielder we got from the Mets, and pick up another right fielder. Is the center fielder from the Mets, is that Pete Crow Armstrong? Is that, that – Yeah, that's the one, yes. That's that the one? Okay. Bring him, I would bring him on up. I would bring him on up. And I heard that we did got a good first baseman down there that if Rizzo gets hurt, I think we picked up a good first baseman. I heard we can bring him up if Rizzo back gives out. And I think that's a great team. And pick up a couple pitchers, Cubs will be real, real decent. <laughs> you make it sound simple, man. I appreciate the call. Be real decent. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know if Pete Crow Armstrong is right. But I'm ready to hear I, his see, name. I, well, some of those guys are still in high A. I mean, it's it's going to be a little bit. I'm having a mental block here. Who was the Atlanta, the big Atlanta Bryce Baller or something like that, the kid they got from uh, Atlanta. Bryce Ball. Bryce Ball. Oh, wow. I was really close. Bryce Ball. Okay. So, yeah, Bryce Ball, I saw him play the other day, actually. That's funny that he mentioned that. I was marquee network. All of a sudden, hey, it's how you doing, everybody? Welcome to South Bend Low A Baseball, the Chicago or the South Bend River Rats or whatever they are. Um, and there, there was Bryce Ball. And I think he was hitting fifth that day, ground out, I believe. But I was like, let's see what this guy's all about. And I got, hey, hey, I, I got to see him ground out. So there it was. But that's that's what's going to happen. Now, now we're going to start to hear all of these names. And some of that's fun. I, I admit it. There is no way that anybody should even consider putting up with with 100 losses or anything horrible like that next year pressure's on cubs are it and it should be it it should be that way plain and simple 3126446767 grant in palatine hi grant you're on the score hey mark thanks for taking my call you got it man um i totally agree with you that i would not really want those players back um, I mean, it hasn't worked for, what, three years now? The offense has been broken at one point or another. Right. That I think they do need to start fresh. Um, 
And one interesting thing around the whole trade deadline, I've never seen a team that's supposedly bad trade 10-plus players. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that seems very odd to me um, that they did trade so many players even though they were considered a, like, poor team. I wouldn't average, right? Yeah. Um, My question going forward for you is where do you think they're going to spend the money? Um, They have it. They're in a major market. Is it going to be pitching? Is it going to be defense, offense, contact guys? Um, that's my, kind of my question for you. It's a great question. I appreciate the call, Grant. And wow, that, that is a really good question. I haven't heard a lot about the prospects that the Cubs have in terms of pitchers. I haven't studied that a lot that has not come that has not come into view of my marquee minor league cubs watching as of yet so that's something i need to dig into but it's probably a sign since i haven't there isn't a name that has been buzzing in terms of cubs start i mean you get like you get like you know your keegan thompson getting a start but there there's no proof that that he is going to turn out to be a legit you know top five in your rotation at this point. The guy that was supposed to start today, Justin Steele, I mean, they are developing him and they are giving him chances. I don't know what kind of chances or how it will all unravel itself in spring training. Spring training is going to be really interesting for the Cubs next year in terms of putting together the starting five. So, man, I'm really dancing around your answer. Go ahead. Well, here's the, here's the other thing. I th- I feel like it's hard to answer that question because we're still trying to figure out how this Cubs front office is going to function, right? Yeah. Like we we knew coming into this year that like we got a general idea over a decade how Theo functioned, right? So we could kind of feel out like okay, we think he's going to do this. We don't know what Jed's going to do, and he even he even said at the trade deadline like I I don't I hope. I hope he does have a plan because I don't think he means this when he said they're not, they don't know what they're going to do. Right. But right. so like, I'm sure they have some general idea, but the thing is the possibilities are so wide open because they only have like what? $40 million committed to next year's team. Yeah. So they, they, could fear, yeah they could go out and get anybody they want, like any well, free agent they want, they could potentially sign. Yeah. And, I, and I've talked about this like a, a few times. So I apologize to people who, who listen to me a lot and have heard me, run down this exercise before but there there are three options on the table for for Jed Hoyer and one one of them is to do what I am suggesting and that is to sign credible one to two year players in in this offseason leading into next year with a proper mix of some of the developing players like I said you know your Brennan Davises your Braylon Marquezes if they are ready and, uh, you know, do it that way, develop some pitchers, show us some guys that we haven't heard about, that thing, where you're respectable, but you're also developing. So there, there is that plan. Then there's the second one that I've sort of opened the show with, the, the nostalgia one, where, yeah, you do bring back one or two of the guys that 
you had had. But I, I do think that that's its own monster right there. You know what I mean? Like that that would be looked at. That wouldn't be looked at as oh god, the Cubs are going to be good again. It would be looked upon as oh cool, we got Rizzo and Baez back or whatever combination of guys you would like to say. And again, symbolically, I just don't think that's a good idea. So there is that. There's that. And then there's the nuclear option that I always talk about. And that is the one where, as the the last caller Grant had referred to, that and he's right. The Cubs are only on the books for forty million dollars next year. You got a lot of cash you could spend. And the new nuclear option would be to go crazy and to be the San Diego Padres of 2022. Would it be? What year are we in now? Yeah, 2022. Do yeah, like I don't the know San Diego. Yeah, yeah I know. It's impossible. I'm pretty sure I, next year is 2022. <laughs> I'm pretty sure tomorrow's Wednesday. I saw, <laughs> I saw something the other day that was that was like, I'm still really thinking it's 2019. Like Until the pandemic is over, over, 2020 hasn't ended. <laughs> we're still we're just kind of stuck there for a little bit. Hey Adam, I'm sorry. I just I I had a misconnection for a second, oh, so I okay. didn't hear your well, last seven seconds. And I'm guessing it was pretty important. So no, it it was drastically important. Yeah. It's the most important thing I've ever said. No, I was just saying because I saw somebody on Twitter or something say like realistically, I'm still kind of stuck in 2020, and until the pandemic is like over, over, I'm just gonna keep assuming it's 2020 because it just <laughs> it doesn't feel like a year has really gone by. Yeah, it it really doesn't, and and you forget that you, like everything is actually not last year, but two years ago. So that that's when life, because last year just didn't didn't really happen in a lot of different ways. So so yeah, so I, I there there are those three options as I've been I think making my case pretty well. I think the the first one is the most fun. I wouldn't be mad if they did like a Dodgers or Padres thing where, like I said, they just they're, they're that team where they just they're like, all right, we're going to go crazy and we're going to trade for everybody. and We're going to sign everybody and we're going to look like a we're going to be a team like the Padres, who goes from being a promising organization to all of a sudden being a great organization to now. I don't even know if the Padres are going to make the playoffs, but that's a different story. Um, so I. That, that option does exist, and the more I talk about it and hear my own voice right now as I sit in my old bedroom at Itasca, Illinois right now, that a- actually, that, that doesn't sound horrible, does it? Like, the Cubs being that team, the one that spends and goes and gets the the Mookie Betzes of the world, pulling off what the Dodgers did, or just everybody, everything that, that San Diego did, so... I wouldn't be upset with that. And I, I want to be clear, too, about the the Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo thing again. Like, it, like especially as it pertains to, to Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, they would probably fit in more with what Jed Hoyer seems to be wanting to do in terms of baseball theory moving forward. And that is to, you know, be willing to adjust and be willing to make contact as one of the earlier callers pointed out Anthony Rizzo he's a he doesn't strike out a lot an alarmingly low number of strikeouts for a guy with a, a swing as big as his yeah philosophically Anthony Rizzo would absolutely fit in with the Cubs we know how good he was in the clubhouse Chris Bryant willing to adjust change his swing this year great productive player the type of guy that teams would want on their team so yes they are they are valuable ball players that would probably fit in to this Cubs core there's just something about nostalgia and the Chicago Cubs that stinks you know I mean and I, I that worked for a while, like nostalgia and bringing back the old stuff. And, and yeah, you honor, 
your your great ball players and all of that. We talk about it fondly. There's a place for it, but it can't be the headline of your organization. It's got to be the sidebar. It's got to be you know the the fun stuff you watch late at night on marquee an old cubs game a round table of cubs hall of fame whatever the case like there is a great place for all that stuff i just don't think that you want to make nostalgia your number one focus because that's what all of a sudden the cubs would turn into again and i don't want to see that 312-644-6767 is the number another thing on the cubs that i've been thinking about too is i've been thinking about uh david ross the Cubs manager, and not what not what I talked about last time. And last time I talked about how, like where does David Ross fit into all of this? Are we now fi- is this the time to find out whether or not he's a good manager, or is it the antithesis where there's no way to evaluate him with with all of what the Cubs have right now or or don't have? Um, but I think that he's given us that answer actually in the press conferences that he has had. I would say over the last couple of weeks or so. And in those press conferences, uh, Ma, the meatloaf. Yeah. Ma, the phone. Um, anyway. This is amazing. Get that? Ma, get the phone. <laughs> hey, Dad. Somebody get that. Jesus. Yeah, so That's anyway. Incredible. First of all, now first of all. Go. Your your yeah. parents are like my parents. They still have a landline, right? Oh, totally. Oh, yes, I love it. <laughs> yes, that's I'm, amazing. My dad is eighty. I mean, I don't <laughs> <So> even. <laughs> I don't call my parents landline like hardly ever anymore. I just call my mom's cell phone. But I, they do still have it, and it does still rain, and it's it gives me all kinds of nostalgia. <laughs> Brody, are we there? Oh, I think we lost you again. You back? Oh wait, am I? Can, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we okay. got you. Yeah. Okay. okay, so yeah, so here's my here's my scandal. I think I alluded to it, but so I'm I'm in uh, I'm in the western suburbs right now. My ma, my ma is out of town right now. She's in Boston with her sister and her sister-in-law. So I am hanging out with my dad in the western burbs just had a couple of burgers we were watching the white Sox game and then i was uh called upstairs to do a show and i am literally doing the show from the bedroom in which i grew up as a young mark Rody. and yeah there are landline studs planted throughout the house <laughs> oh i love it that's amazing there are, yeah there are yeah, there's a landline, and obviously in this room and in the the hallway and downstairs. So I'm I'm gonna, Dad, I'm gonna need you to get to that phone a little bit more quickly next time. All right, so back back to uh, to David Ross. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> Did you enjoy that? <laughs> Somebody get that phone, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> for the love of uh, God! <laughs> for the love, somebody get that! Oh my God! And yeah, and you know, parents like they're into like caller ID. You know, they well, we don't know that person. That's what the caller ID said. It's not, that know. that's not a name we know. We have caller ID. Yeah. Mom, the can... <laughs> oh my God! Right, man, I miss doing rain delay theater. Here we are, and, and I, I am. Uh, 
Ugh, opening the curtain. By the way, there's a sewing machine on the desk that I am uh, operating from right now. That's what my room has turned into. A little arts and crafts room and uh, raining outside of uh, of the bedroom here right now. So anyway, anyway, can I possibly get back on track? Yes, I can. And David Ross, have you noticed this about David Ross? That his press conferences have become useless and they are short. They are, I've never heard the media relations person. I don't know if any of and I, I've covered every sport in this town and, and then some um, because I covered soccer too and golf. So that's, and then some. I don't think I've ever heard a, a media relations person say as much as I've heard or I feel like I've heard recently. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah, okay, that's it. Everybody go home. Because what the hell is David Ross going to say? And what Dude, yeah, do we need him to say? It is, It is. you know, I got Caesar Perez sitting next to me, by the way. He was helping me out with a Cubs game. So me and him both can tell you that, yeah, like every Cubs post game for David Ross is three minutes or less. Like, it's incredible. Okay, so I'm not I'm not wrong on no, that. No, you're it's not. Just, you're it, not right. Yeah. I can't remember okay. the last time I was working and he spoke for more than three minutes. Yeah, that's that's right. And you don't like I said, and I, I like as a, you know, being a reporter is in my blood. And so I get a little angsty when I hear the any more questions thing, because that means it's open. You could still ask a question if you want. You know, we and we as reporters have to take advantage of these situations because there just aren't a lot as as often as we do talk to them. There aren't a lot of quality times in which to get answers to questions that we as reporters feel we need. But apparently there's not a lot of questions for David. I mean, it's true. What's he what's he going to say? And 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 here's here's the problem. We know and, and I have tried very hard to and I think I've been successful with it. To separate the players that are on this team right now from what's really going on with the Cubs organization, to not rip on these guys and make fun of these guys, because that's easy to do. You know, when when this started, you know, Schwindel's name was went through the ringer because it was Schwindel. Like you go from Rizzo to Schwindel. You know, all the, you know, Patrick Wisdom and Michael Hermosillo and Sergio Alcantara. All of these guys, like, we got to separate it. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. Um, so th- for them, uh, there's actually part of me that's that's happy for those guys because, you know, they get to perform on a large stage and they can say the hell with it. Wh- whatever happens, happens. Maybe at best case scenario is I hook up with the Cubs as a, as a bench guy, you know. So... I do try to separate that, but that's part of the problem. There's nothing promising on this roster for the most part right now. There's nothing that reporters can ask to David Ross and say, you know, and just obsess over like the one star that's on the team. That doesn't exist right now. Um, I guess, you know, you, you know, Kyle Hendricks and Wilson Contreras still here, Jason Hayward still here, but really what, whatever this, this version of the Cubs is quite frankly, um, it's just not that interesting because there's not a lot to follow or a lot that is going to stay and stick around. You could look at individuals and say, yeah, it was cool to see Michael Hermosillo, 
hit hit the home run that he hit and look at his backstory and a guy who almost played football at U of I. Um, Patrick Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom is a rookie. Did you guys know that? He's a rookie. It feels like he's been around forever, and he is one of those older rookies. But it's a good story. Good for He's actually in the running for Rookie of the Year. But does anybody think that Patrick Wisdom is going to be a part of the next Cubs corn? No. So that that's why it becomes difficult from that angle for David Ross. But the press conferences say everything, that everybody is just kind of lost interest in struggling for questions. And, and David Ross is saying the same th- what, saying the same things after every loss, that you know there are encouraging parts and happy this happened. You have to take every baseball game for what it is. But it's, you know, baseball at the end of the day is entertainment. And there's not a lot of entertaining things going on in Wrigleyville right now. The entertainment factor does not exist with the Cubs. And that is coming out in the way of the, the David Ross press conferences right now. That And maybe their, their own little entertainment to see how short they go and to see what kind of viable questions there are. And quite frankly, how David Ross answers the questions. I will say that David Ross has been excellent about answering the questions like he's been like he hasn't had a blow up and i don't know maybe some cubs fans would prefer that he did or does but that's not going to happen um that the time for that would have been during the first 11 game losing streak or the 11 game losing the signature losing streak of the season if it was going to happen it, it would happen then but but he is he has played the part well and that that's not shocking i mean that was this is the part of the gig that we all knew david ross would be great at the questions we had were his x's and o's and his ability to handle a pitching staff and to put a lineup card together and all of that the galvanizing factor the clubhouse stuff the talking to the media has never been in question for me never was in question but now you know and, and i even try to say like at one point in time when you when, when this all happened i said well now we're going to see what kind of a manager david ross is no we're not i mean that that, that is it is there is some slack that you have to give him considering how you go from a 10 to a zero, like in terms of adjusting and adapting and getting to know these players and teaching these players things that they, that the players that had been here forever understood and knew and did by rote. At this point, David Ross has to still do all of that, but his expectations are just like this organization are are to be continued. 312-644-6767 is the number. I'm Mark Grody. So the Cubs, the reason you are hearing me right now, Cubs and Rockies banged. Bang. Uh, Cubs and Rockies bang tonight. Double header tomorrow right here on 670 the score. 120 and 530 is is when that will go down tomorrow. Zach Davies will pitch in game one. Justin Steele, who was supposed to start tonight against Herman Marquez, will start at this point. At least that's the way it's penciled in right now, that he is going to start uh, game two. Um, so that is a deal for tomorrow. I, I was, I was going to call it a day night, but it's really not. That's like a pretty much a continuous doubleheader if it's 120 and 530. So we'll have Cubs baseball all day for you right here on 670 the score. If you want to if you want to get a Cubs call in, please feel free 312-644-6767. I'm going to be here until 9 o'clock tonight. 
I was out at the Chicago Bears today. That's pretty much where I live during camp in Lake Forest. We'll definitely get into that. There was some news on Justin Fields, subsequently on Andy Dalton. So I'll get to some of that. Have some great tape and some things, some similarities that I noticed with the way Matt Nagy has comported himself with this quarterback situation this year that were similar to what happened last year with the Bears. So I want to get into that in a, in a little bit. Um, a couple of the highlights from the Bears today, Eddie Jackson and Deshaun Gibson both had picks today. One picked off Andy Dalton. The other picked off Justin Fields. I forget off the top of my head who was who. Um, what else? What else was catching my eyes out there today? Um, there was there's some oh, there's some great Bears. audio too, Bears. Thank you. There's some great audio. I'm going to play for you a little bit later on too of a story that Matt Nagy told regarding Jimmy Graham and Justin Fields, I think at the very least, you'll get a small giggle out of that. And we're also going to talk about the the defensive backs, because something happened today that may have changed the complexion of the, the cornerback spot. So we're going to get into all of that here in just a little bit. 312-644-6767 is the number. And I am trying to, as we speak open up our, our text messages, but uh, for some reason I am I am not getting cooperation. So I tell you what, we are going to take our first break because I've been talking way too long. Come back. I'll check out some of your text messages, take some of your phone calls, 312-644-6767, and we'll talk about them bears. It's all coming up. It's Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's up, Eddie? It's Mark Crody with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score here with you for another hour or so. Cubs game got banged tonight. Cubs Rockies called off. Came down hard, man. So they will play a doubleheader tomorrow, 120 and 530 right here on 670. The score, Zach Davies, game one, Justin Steele, game two, 312-644-6767 is the phone number or the text line if you would like. I'm on Twitter at Mark Rody Sports. We'll talk Bears here in a second, but I've got my text screen back up and running now. So I got to catch up on a few of these text messages, some of them dealing with the Cubs and some of our conversations from earlier. So let me just whip through a few of these before I get to the Bears stuff and the Bears stuff is good. Uh, this team is a joke referring to the Cubs from the A47. Ownership is there now as a money 
grab, no longer about winning. I'm a lifelong fan, and they're close to unwatchable. They are, and they better not be like this next year. Um, from the 773, how much of a rebel was a young Grody in Itasca? <laughs> Let's see. What are some of the petty crimes I committed in Itasca? Um, as a child, a friend and I, Larry Doyle, once stole the this seating section is not available sign bathrooms this way from the McDonald's in Itasca. So I apologize to that particular on uh, Irving Park in 53 to that particular McDonald's. Is it still there? I think it's, no, wait a minute, it's not even there anymore. But anyway, you get the idea. So yeah, that was about as rebellious as I got here in Itasca. You ever do Ding Dong uh, Ditch? <laughs> Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah! Okay, ding dong yeah, ditch yeah, was a yeah. regular part of our summers. Yeah, yep, a lot of lot of ding dong ditching for sure. All those silly things. So yeah, hey man, hey man, I left my mark on Itasca. There's no doubt. Still doing it, bro. Um, from the 309, honey, the fax machine is going off. That's from Peoria, Matt. That was before when the landline was ringing here in my old bedroom in Itasca. Um, LOL, too funny. I'm assuming that was from before when phones were ringing and things were going off. Um, from the 773, when David Ross signed on to be the Cubs manager, do you think he envisioned the wheels completely falling off the bus as fast as it, is, as it did? You think he saw this coming? No way. And that's that's a great text right there. I don't think this is what he signed up for at all. He knew that all his buddies weren't going to be around forever, but to have the bottom fall out? No. No, David Ross did not sign up for this, and it works both ways. The Cubs also did not sign him up for this. They signed him up for that other team that they had. The the, the one that we so fondly remember. They signed him up last year before the 60-game pandemic when the band was fully together still. And and there still was reinforcements like Hugh Darvish and Craig Kimbrell in the bullpen. So that's what they signed him up for. And, and so neither side is getting necessarily what they want from the other. That doesn't mean that they're not both still in lockstep. Who knows what's really on David Ross's mind and what's really on Jed Hoyer's mind at this point. But I'm, I'm glad you texted that. I, I probably should have mentioned something about that earlier. Um, let's see. 708, mom's out of town, party at Grody's. Hell yeah, man. Just me and my dad, man. We're, yo, we're hanging. Um, this has to be the funniest segment ever. Oh, Grody, I'm laughing so hard I'm crying about the phone and the meatloaf. Elise. <laughs> All right, a lot of LOLs. That was yeah, no, I, I'm, there's a few more of those saying that, but I, that that was, I guess that was pretty funny. Um, well, with that, the, the thing is, you didn't, you didn't have to acknowledge it. Like, background noise happens. I understand you're at home. You didn't have to say right. anything, but you did, and that's why I love yeah. you. <laughs> I think at 8 o'clock... On a, on a weird night when we weren't supposed to be having talk shows because it was supposed to be Cubs baseball, I think things like that have to be explained because it's so out of context. It's not like it's during the day and I'm sitting in a cubicle um, doing a 9 to 5 and there's phones ringing in the background. I, it, you know, I felt that it needed to be uh, addressed. A couple more text messages before we get into the Bears. Um, Baez can stay in New York. As a Cubs fan, I don't want to see him back. Rizzo is on the other side of 30. His back will just keep getting worse with age. Um, Brian doesn't want to be a Cub anymore. Let me take these one by one. Um, and I want to start with Rizzo. I got to tell you, like, the the back thing with Rizzo, 
Everybody says, well, his back is just going to be useless. Like, every single year of Rizzo's existence, he's missed games because of, his, uh, because of his back. Meaning, they've actually done a pretty good job of keeping that under control. Like, there hasn't been a monster amount of time he has missed because of that back. Like, if his back was in really bad shape, and I know everybody's going to say it right now, backs are a tricky thing, backs are hard to predict. We're finding that out with Tevin Jenkins right now of the Bears. But they've done actually a pretty good job of maintaining whatever it is that specifically ills the back of Anthony Rizzo. And it's, you know, it's annoying where once or twice or three times a year, yep, Rizzo got scratched from the lineup. It's the back, but it's never been completely chronic in terms of the time he has missed because of it. So I, I would actually give the Cubs a thumbs up on that. And, and I don't add that as part of the, the, the Rizzo math on whether or not you bring him back. I just don't, I don't look at it like that. Um, I'm with you on Bryant. I don't think he wants to be a Cub anymore, unfortunately. I don't think he hated it here, but it's clear that I, I think he wants to be elsewhere. I think he's made that pretty clear. And then as far as Baez is concerned, I don't know. I'm conflicted on that. I honestly do think, and I didn't think this at the beginning of, was it this year or last year? Here we go again. Um, I didn't think that Bias had reached his ceiling. I do think he's reached his ceiling. I, I really do. And I think it's a pretty good ceiling that he has reached. Like, he is he has reached his maximum point of his powers, and his powers are pretty damn good. I mean, his name is El Mago, and that's, that's not too much. Like, he deserves to be called Magic because of some of the things that he does with the glove, on the base paths, with the tagging, with the bat. Um, it, it's all there, but I do, I don't think it gets any better than this. And I, I do think that there are too, too many times where he becomes just an absolute non-factor. So if he came back, he, he would not be a bad part of the Cubs, but I don't think that we're looking at a case where we're going to ever see him in like the top two or three for MVP again, like he was the one year that he was the runner up man, runner up to, um, Mr. Milwaukee. Why can't I think of his name right now? Probably because he can't hit anymore. But anyway, um, that's the way I... Yeah, thank you, uh, Christian Yelich. Um, I, I, that's the way I feel about all all three of those guys. Um, and I'm glad I got to mention that about the back, too, because I'm a little, a little tired of hearing about the back stuff with Rizzo. It's never actually been a big issue. And I, I guess a lot of people are probably predicting worse, but like I said, it's been dealt with and... I think that it's he's gonna in that regard he's gonna be fine. All right, Cubs are open game. Any calls are open game tonight. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Um, and I do see that we have a couple of calls here right now. And we start with Ken in Schaumburg. Hi, Ken. You're on the score. Gertie. Whoa. Sorry about that. Well, Whoa, what's going on? Everybody's excited there. Yeah, Ken, yeah, take it easier in Schaumburg, man. I mean, you... <laughs> that was my son reacting to me yelling at you. Oh, your son's a big Grody fan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, listen, uh, I'm okay. calling about the Bears running back core. Um, okay. I want your opinion. I think it's it's really deep. Uh, is Dave Montgomery's? going to be ready. Uh, Damian Williams, can he step in and be the number one if Montgomery's is hurt? And will Khalil Herbert be the next man up, be the next uh, running back uh, to step in? 
All right. Thanks for the call. Um, and I, I like that you gave David Montgomery an S because that's what we do in Chicago. So I appreciate that. Um, I will, I got to tell you that the David Montgomery is your number one running back with a bullet. Khalil Herbert's look good. He's look good in, in camp and he might be a factor in the return game. I think in special teams in some way, shape or form. And I don't know, like Matt Nagy has enough issues trying to get volume with the running game is concerns. I don't know how much you would see from from Williams and from Khalil Herbert early on. But like I said, I like Herbert a lot. I'm very anxious to see if David Montgomery does take things to the next. If he, Let's put it this way. If David Montgomery picks up where he left off, quite frankly, when he was moving into for a while, the, the top five running backs in the league or look that way towards the end of last year. I don't know that he would make the top five ranking in running backs in the NFL, but he's got a chance to push his way into the conversation if he makes the jump that a lot of people are thinking he, he might make. Now, as far as Damian Williams is concerned, um, let's, let's face it. Typically, the, the guy who is the back is a backup running back on a roster is not qualified to be the load running back or the guy. He, it is what it is. He, he is a backup. I think all three of these guys look good. Williams has great speed. So does Khalil Herbert. I mean, you talk about, you know, changes of paces relative to David Montgomery. So I would say that I would use the word good. They've all looked good. And I, I think that 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 is one of those cases where. You can't really make a prediction on the Bears running game since 2018 until we actually see it. So I hesitate to really give a glowing report of anything regarding the running game right now. Um, we'll once it's once we see it, we'll know it, I guess. Um, all right, let me get to some of the the news from today. At Hallis Hall. The the headline, the headline at Hallis Hall today was that Justin Fields will be the starting quarterback Saturday, Saturday in the preseason game at Tennessee. He probably will play a half. At that point, he will hand the ball off to Nick Foles, who will quarterback the rest of the game. And that leaves Andy Dalton to not play. And with the assumption that they are preserving him to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears once the lights come on for real September 12th in LA against the Rams. So there it is. All throughout, Matt Nagy has been very consistent. It might frustrate you, but he has not wavered. Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback to begin the season for the Chicago Bears. So now the question is, and this is the tape that I've gathered for you here. So if that, if, if we have Come to grips with that. If we, you as fans, and we as reporters at Hallis Hall every day, you know, the, the question has been asked throughout, from OTAs to minicamp to training camp to preseason games. The question is asked about on the average about every third day. Is there some scenario in which Justin Fields could become the starting quarterback? So if Andy Dalton is going to be the guy on September 12th, and we think he is, then when would we see Justin Fields? Take a listen to this line of questioning to Matt Nagy from today at Hallis Hall. So does that mean that his next opportunity, Justin's next opportunity, will be solely based on Andy's performance? We'll see, but I would say, yeah, big picture. When when we talk about this, when, from the very start, we said whoever's going to be best for the Chicago Bears, and that's going to obviously deal with productions and wins. And Andy knows that. 
Andy, Andy is, is well aware of that. Andy's excited for the opportunity to show what he can do with, with these starters and in this offense. And then we just got to, we have to, every day, we have to evaluate and we have to be able to, to see where we're at every single day. And actually, will you be evaluating Andy on a game-by-game basis, a quarterly basis? We do like four-game segments. It's, it's, we're evaluating every one of these players every day, every game, not just, not just Andy. And it gets magnified because of the quarterback position and because of Justin. Um, but it's the same thing at every position. So we, we, again, as long as we're open and honest in this thing, and Andy knows that we want to win, we want to score a lot of points, we want to be smart with the football. Yeah, where, do you, where do you set the bar on that? I mean, is it just wins? Is it quarterback performance, uh, offensive performance? What? Again, I think to me, uh, Mark, it's more of a feel. Where, where you're at and what, what are the whys and so when we all understand what the whys are what the, whatever that is and it doesn't just have to be offense too right if you're winning or losing why are you winning or losing so a lot of times in these things like with the Glennon thing here before you got here it was he failed the, the offense failed and that set the stage for Mitch but it's possible is it possible that Andy could actually be playing you know fairly well but you just feel better about fields and, and make a switch or again it all comes down to the whys <laughs> always the whys that's Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking about answering questions from the core of reporters out at Hallis Hall, of which I was a part today, about trying to get a feel for when, all right, we're cool with Andy Dalton, but when are we going to see Justin Fields? Here is what stands out to me with that. You notice how Matt Nagy kept saying the phrase, Andy knows. Andy knows the offense has to be good. Andy knows what we're expecting. Andy knows that we need to score points. When he says that, to me, the translation is, we told Andy. We told Andy we have to move the offense. We told Andy that we have to score points. And if they don't, then Andy knows. Andy knows, we told Andy, that there's a second-string quarterback that might come in. So I listen to it again. Listen to it again. And when you hear Andy knows, think about it through the lens of Andy knows that if he doesn't do this, he may not be the starting quarterback for the Bears for long. Listen to it again. So does that mean that his next opportunity, Justin's next opportunity, will be solely based on Andy's performance? We'll see, but I would say, yeah, big picture, when, when we talk about this, when, from the very start, we said whoever's going to be best for the Chicago Bears, and that's going to obviously deal with productions and wins. And Andy knows that. Andy, Andy is, is well aware of that. Andy's excited for the opportunity to show what he can do with, with these starters and in this offense. <laughs> so... So, and if I had, I, I should have thought about this, but maybe I shouldn't have because this is a fully improvised show that we're doing. Because it's, it's uh, the Cubs game was called off tonight. Cubs Rockies rained out doubleheader tomorrow, 120 and 530. I would love to hear what Matt Nagy said after he told us last year that Mitchell Trubisky was going to be the starting quarterback, that he won what was an open competition between Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. I bet it would sound a very similar to to that, like just plugging in Mitch's name. Well, Mitch, he's our quarterback, but Mitch knows that, you know, and they might have been harder words by then because it was Mitch's fourth year that he's got to, he's, we, we need to see it. It's, it's, he's, we got to win because of the quarterback. 
and they didn't. They were winning when Mitch was quarterbacking, but they certainly were not winning because of him. And that's why he had the itchy trigger finger, did Matt Nagy, and he put Nick Foles into the game in Atlanta, and then poof, Nick Foles looks like Tom Brady for a day. So I think that you could see a very similar scenario to what we saw last year. I think there's your template. I mean, we're all trying to figure out, like, how is Matt Nagy going to comport himself? Is he going to go to the Patrick Mahomes blueprint? You should, you know, think about the Matt Nagy blueprint. Think about what happened last year and how anxious he was to not see Trubisky quarterback anymore, even though the Bears, what were the Bears, 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh when they benched Trubisky last year? And they, they, were, were, you know, they, were, they were going winning. to be, they were on their way to 2-2. Two and two. No, 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 sorry. They were on their way to two and one, playing the Falcons, better. and then they put okay. then they put Foles in and got to three and zero. Yeah, are we sure about that? Right, because the Falcons game was the third game I, of the year. I don't mean to. All right, I'm gonna double check. So did now they you got me second first, guessing myself. They won the De- they won the Detroit game. Yeah, they got lucky because of the drop ball and the, yeah. Check check that out. Check. We don't need okay. to do all this silliness on the air um so yeah check it out and we'll we'll figure that out. I, w- I would like to know now just for the sake of knowing um pandemic man you know it, it ruins memories i'm telling you but anyway um, yeah okay so th- it was they that's beat the, what happened last year they beat the okay, lions and they beat the lions in week one and it was that freak the freak comeback yeah. right freak comeback number one the drop that, yes right. and then they held on uh-huh. against the giants in week two Remember, because the Giants had the ball with a chance to go win the game at the end because the Bears' offense went stagnant in the second half. And then in week three, they were playing the Falcons, and Trubisky got benched in what was the third quarter? I think mid-third quarter, maybe halftime. I can't remember for sure. Yeah, third quarter. Yep. That's what it was. Yep. So, okay. Okay, good. I am glad that would have driven me crazy. But there are ways of finding these things out. So we we just did. Uh, but yeah, so follow Matt Nagy and what he's done right here with your Chicago Bears and what he did last year. I like the move that he made because he, he could have said we're keeping Mitch in because, hey, we're winning. And, you know, why change anything? No, he recognized that. The quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, early in the season had nothing to do with why the Bears were winning, and and you could even make the case that they were winning despite Mitchell Trubisky. So they put in Nick Foles, and again, that looked good for a day. But I think I think Andy Dalton is under the the same guidelines that Mitch Trubisky was, quite frankly, just listening to and reading between the lines of what Matt Nagy is saying there, and always making sure there it was again, there it was again doing what is best for the Chicago Bears to win. So, in other words, th- this will happen. Justin Fields will happen at some point in time this year, and I think sooner than than later. And I know that that probably pleases some people and displaces others. 3 one 2 6 is Mark Rohde here on the score talking Bears right now. I don't know if – is Alvaro still uh, waiting on hold right now in the midway? Right now, we still got him. Studs, or is Alvaro long gone? We still got oh, him. Alvaro, sorry to leave you hanging. Alvaro, what's going on, man? I'm sorry. How you doing, Mark? Thank you for accepting my call. Great. Been, How are uh, you? Listening for a while, and uh, good, yeah, good, good, good. Thank you. I'm here, part of the mob with Parkins and Spiegel, but uh, yeah, man, I was over there uh, at the training center, uh, training camp, and 
man, it was uh, first time being over there. I never made it to Bourbonnais, but uh, it's a little small setup compared to the campus, obviously, but uh, it was very nice. Um, I took my one-year-old son there, had a lot of fun, my fiance, and uh, but I'm excited, just like you. And it just it just kills me that Nagy's going this way to where why hold him back? Why not give him rest with the first, with the ones? Why hold Fields back to that and have Dalton start, even though we do know eventually he's going to start? Why not from the get-go, just like Parkinson? We, we moved up on the draft for him. We know he's capable. We, he's going to make rookie mistakes, but give him the, one, the rest with the ones and let him learn just like we all have. Any, any job that we've, we've gotten, we've made mistakes and we've learned and we've moved on. And that's the same thing he's going to be able to do. He's a young stud, and I'm, I'm very excited for him. And uh, what do you think, man? Nagy. Alvaro, thank you very much for the call. Yeah, <laughs> I, Alvaro, I appreciate you hanging in there and listening. I hope you had a good time today in, in Lake Forest watching that, uh, that Bears practice out there. So I actually asked Matt Nagy today, I said – is it possible now with the, with Justin Fields starting the game on Saturday that is he going to, are we going to see more of Matt Nagy at least in practice working with the ones he didn't say the word no but he kind of said no he kind of because he said he kind of redirected me and said what what you should watch is Andy Dalton working more with the ones because we're still trying to get that down because the offensive line for the first time seems to have a a semblance um and you know jason peters was playing at at left tackle today you had cody whitehair and james daniels as your guard sam mustafer the man in the middle and then at the right tackle spot you did have jermaine effetti so they're, they're starting to have like I said, some organization on the offensive line, and Andy Dalton hasn't even gotten used to that. So that that was what he said. Um, I would like to see more with Justin Fields. Here's what I really would like to see more of Justin Fields. Not not Of course you want the, the offensive lineman. I really wanted to see more of, or still want to see more of, Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. There has been some of that. There was some of that today where those guys were on the field intermittently with Justin Fields. We saw Jimmy Graham on the field over the last two days intermittently with Justin Fields, but by no means consistently. And there is no way to get any sort of real rhythm or chemistry with those guys. But I guess look, if Matt Nagy is full go with Andy Dalton, then it probably doesn't make sense to, if you are trying to win football games, it actually does not make sense to give a lot of the first team reps to, to Justin Fields. However, there is that, that small other side where you're like, all right, if he's one injury away from being the starter, that is Justin Fields, then, and he's a rookie and he's never played a real game in the NFL don't you kind of want to see what he could do with the real players on the team? So so that that's kind of where things stand right now. I don't think you're going to see it. We only have tomorrow, Wednesday, and then Thursday as the last two days of training camp, the, the preseason game on Saturday, and then a couple of weeks off before the, the start of the season. But that's when things change in terms of, of us, the media and reporters, that we're not going to get to watch – 
a, or at least I don't think so. I, it's, things change, you know, and I sometimes I forget protocols from past years. Usually it's just a window of practice that we get to see as opposed to seeing everything. I mean, they, they allow us to watch every inch from stretch to stretch during these, these practices um, in, um, in training camp. But that won't be the case soon. So information will be a little bit harder to come by. Um, from the A15, has Komet or Graham seen more time with oh you're saying one or the other well Komet has been out lately I forget what he was dealing with but he hasn't been practicing a lot um, so Graham has probably seen more time but I can't say that for sure I do think that Cole Komet is going to make a jump and will be on the field more than Jimmy Graham you know you're going to see Jimmy Graham on the on in, in goal line situations in red zone for sure, but they got a nice little mix going right there. And I'm going to play something about Jimmy Graham here in just a second, but let me go to Mike in Peru. Mike, you're on the score. Hey, Mike, Mark, thanks for taking my call. You got it. Mike. I was just, cu- I was just curious. Who do you see with uh, like Anthony Miller being gone? Um, the bears number three, uh, receiver this year. Great question, man. Um, I would say, like, if I had to like call one guy, I'll give you, I'll give you who I think, I'll give you the 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 candidates, and then I'll give you my dark horse in all of that. Um, I think it's going to probably be um, Demir Bird. I think he's my favorite in terms of based on what he has done in his career and what he has done in camp. So I think I've watched Demir Bird for that. I think Marquis good. And and obviously, you know, when you, we're talking about the third guy, that could be mixed between multiple guys. So, but if I'm really just doing it like one by like my own depth chart, it's Allen Robinson, it's Darnell Mooney, um it is Demir Bird, it's Marquis Goodwin. Then there's these wild cards that could could actually move up in my power rankings. One of them is Daz Newsome, and the only reason he doesn't appear more prominently in the power rankings I'm doing is because of the time that he's missed because of an injury, and we talked to him today, and he even said that when he got back to practice, it was slow going, and he was still kind of like getting into shape. So, I, it, like, he's incomplete right now, and he, who knows, maybe he's the best of the bunch. The dark horse guy is, is Rodney Adams. Now, I, I doubt he's going to play a huge part on this team, but, man, he's done nothing to hurt himself in this camp. He has been present. He has caught passes. He was the one that that made that connected on the 73-yard pass play with Justin Fields. It certainly doesn't hurt that he's had a rapport going with Justin Fields. You know, eventually Justin Fields is going to be, I hope, one of those quarterbacks that makes wide receivers. And it might be because of Justin Fields that Rodney Adams has looked good. He's been in a couple other, you know, a couple other stops in his career. He was in camp last year for the Bears. But if you want one of those like kind of peripheral names that we come up with in camp, and you know, it's Rodney Adams. And if you watched the game the other day, you probably have a pretty good idea who Rodney Adams is. And here's a great little story about uh, Rodney Adams. I actually talked to him today. Um, out in the hallway, out at uh, Hallis Hall, and he he scored that touchdown. And did you know he had a, a baby girl? He and his wife had a baby girl on Friday, the day before that game. And so I asked him. I said, "What were you thinking when you caught that that football? Like, it just it, from a football sense?" And he said, "He goes, I'm not going to lie to you." He said, all I was thinking about when I caught that football was my baby daughter. Like from the second he, like all of a sudden his daughter 
goes right into his brain. Runs a good route, makes a good catch, gets into the end zone. He said it's all he was thinking about. And then he gets to the end zone, he does a little cradle, the cradle rock. So kind of a cool story there with uh, with Rodney Adams of the Bears. But I think that that those those are my power rankings of the Bears receivers. But those it, they're top heavy, man. I mean, your two top guys, Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, they they are the show. Doug in Huntley is on the score. Hi, Doug. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Good, um, just two quick points. I I kind of wish I don't think that Nagy's necessarily a bad leader of men, and and as far as keeping guys inspired to keep playing through adversity and whatnot. But I wish uh, people quit asking him questions because he never two things. He never finishes a thought, which mirrors his <laughs> offense. Um, and he, and he just almost talks like he's got like a, a, a coach speak playbook and just keeps babbling in circles. And, and none of it is really, it could be relative to anything. Really. He never really gets down to brass tacks. And, and my only fear is, you know, Trubisky had tools, and and I'm not saying he has all the tools that Fields has um, or, or maybe the mental capacity only time's going to tell. But if the coach doesn't use any player to their strength, he's doing a disservice to the team concept, the team and, and the fans and that player. And and he should have and could have got more out of Mitch Trubisky. And, and he can get more out of this team if they just run the ball. They're stronger in the middle they should run the ball and, and pass second and uh, bring these guys along uh, slowly. And I hope that's what the game plan is going to be. But I wish everyone would quit asking this guy questions. <laughs> All right, Doug. <laughs> that's an awesome call. I really wish you guys would stop asking questions. <laughs> What's oh, the point man. anymore? Uh, yeah, well, look, the, the the jury is still out on Matt Nagy. There, there is no doubt about it. Um, he's such a positive guy. That that's I think that's the other part too. And Doug didn't say this, but I think that's like if if you are if you are like Doug and Matt Nagy drives you crazy because he's doing the NFL coach thing where he's saying stuff but he's not really saying anything. And then Matt Nagy takes it to another level because he does it in a very, um, you know, in a very positive way. The phone! Um, he does it in a very positive way. And, oh, for crying out loud, somebody somebody got to get that phone. Okay. Um, he, so he does it in a positive way. He answers every question. He looks you in the eye when he's answering the questions. Like he, he wants to play ball with the media. So that makes it very difficult to be critical of the way Matt Nagy comports himself in a press conference. I think he's excellent in that regard. There's been tons of time, and I don't know if that does anything for you, Doug. I, I doubt it does, but I, but it just for the record, and I recognize that maybe I'm too close to the situation, but. Matt Nagy, like sometimes in a press conference, when it's over, he'll allow for more questions. I've never seen that from any coach, manager, in, in any of, like I said, I've covered all the sports in Chicago, covered many managers, coaches, what you name it, you name the sport. None of them are wanting to stick around for extra questions. Well, maybe Joe Madden a little bit. <laughs> now that I think about it, I think I have a new power rankings list that I'm going to need to to come up with. Um, what game was it last year 
uh, during the losing streak for the Bears that Nagy spent like an extra 10 minutes with you guys. Like, I, I, I'm trying to remember which game it was. It doesn't really matter, I guess. But yeah, he's yeah. like, they said all last question and he's just like, no, no, go, keep going. We're good. Like, yeah, was, I've never, uh, like you said, I've never heard an NFL coach. No, do that. no, this is not typical. And sometimes like when we're all in the interview room, when we're all as reporters, we're all competing for questions. We all want to get our, we want to get our question in. And sometimes we'll go up against each other as reporters. We'll all simultaneously. And then Matt, and then Matt and I will say, you know, well, we'll, we'll take all three of these, even though that was supposed to be the last question. I know that I could see that some of you still have questions. So he, 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 he takes our questions and like, if you really went through all of the, the NFL coaches around the league, uh, there's not many that are saying anything. And quite frankly, there's probably not many that say more or are more courteous than, than Matt Nagy. So, and I, I, and I know Doug, I know that's not the answer you're looking for. I do understand the spirit in which you made your comment that, that he is, that he ain't saying anything and that he, he never finishes a thought. I understand what you're saying. I do, but this is this is the way of the National Football League, and Matt Nagy has been extraordinary about uh, our quest and dealing. And quite frankly, he's been really good at dealing with the questions on on Justin Fields and Andy Dalton somewhere along the line. So it was interesting actually because it was during the mandatory minicamp. I think it was the last day of the mandatory minicamp, and he finally had answered the three thousandth question about about Justin Fields. And we all were asking him, of course, of course, we're going to ask about Justin Fields. And he finally got to a point where he's a little frustrated, like, guys, you know, I understand that you have these questions, but, you know, I can't, and we're not going to do this all. Somebody to the effect of, like, we can't keep doing this. Andy Dalton's the quarterback. But I, once training camp started and the questions came to him fast and, you know, furiously because we weren't going to stop asking the questions, it's like he understood it and got it and gets it. So that's, that's what, uh, that's the long-winded answer to that thought right there, Doug. But I do appreciate the call. 312-644-6767. Mark, I wish you guys would just stop talking. <laughs> Peoria Matt. No, yeah, I, 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 I got I to tell you that I, I am partly guilty. So when John Fox was the head coach of the Bears, and I was not covering those Chicago Bears teams, I was I was doing at least for some of the season I was doing morning updates with Mullen Haw and I remember putting my own moratorium on or stopping playing John Fox audio because it really was just delirious and it was a bunch of nothing. You know, that's a good question. Yeah, like he you talk about like adding no value to a scoreboard update. I'm not and, really good at predicting the news. Yeah, unless he's talking about his past pets, 12 seconds of John Fox was a waste of your morning. So I am um, somewhat guilty of that, but I have not gotten to that point with with Matt Nagy. And here's Um, the here's the thing. This is what I figured out probably sometime in 2019 that with Matt Nagy. Like, and really with any NFL coach, but with Matt Nagy, guys like Ryan Pace especially, you need to figure out how to read between what they're saying. Like how sure. to how to like how to hear what they're saying and kind of figure out like and kind of almost I don't want to say speculate, but do some yeah. detective work and kind of figure out like, okay, here's where I think things are leaning based on a multitude of what he said in this press conference. So that's what we've been doing with Justin Fields this whole time. It's like 
I've been, he's been getting closer and closer to saying that Justin Fields has an actual chance to play without actually saying that. And he's just not there yet. That's why he said that Andy Dalton is going to be the starter. But like, I think someday in the next few weeks, we're going to start hearing him more and more talk about how Justin Fields is looking good and, you know, whatever. So that, that's, that's my point is that you have to be able to like listen and kind of listen between what he's saying to extrapolate actual information. Yeah. That's why I started this segment by doing my own inferring from what Matt Nagy was saying when he was saying, Andy knows, Andy knows he, that this offense has to be good or Andy knows that we have to score touchdowns. Andy knows. And, and to me, the translation there was, Andy, we told Andy that this is what has to happen for you to keep your job or the person wearing the number one jersey is going to replace you. So if we don't win football games because of you, that's the important distinction because we saw a winning Bears team early on with Mitchell Trubisky, but they were not winning because of their quarterback. That that sounds to me like what Matt Nagy was saying today, that Andy Dalton better be good or else there is another quarterback that could come in and never look back. And then we're all over the speculation and the reports and the wondering, which in part, I don't know how you guys out there listening feel about it, but I think some of it's fun. Like some of the, the, the actual soap opera and the drama and the wondering. And as Adam said, the speculation and the inferring and the translating, like all of it is kind of fun to play the game, but it's not a game you could play forever. You know what I mean? Like this is not monopoly. This is a, a quicker, this is trouble. That game trouble with the little thing in the middle that you pop and it lasts like 15 minutes. (laughs) I, uh, I don't know. remember if Trouble was a short game, and I don't know why that game came in my head, but it did. Um, this is a good time right now to... Okay, so here's a reason. Back to you, Doug, who doesn't want to hear from Matt Nagy anymore. I think you're going to like this. This is the kind that Matt Nagy does that most other coaches probably wouldn't do. Like, Matt Nagy wanted to throw us a bone today, and, and he did take a listen to this you know i can give you a little funny story yesterday at lunchtime um one of the plays we ran yesterday we had jimmy on a linebacker and usually that's a pretty good matchup with jimmy out there one-on-one i think all of us would maybe throw him the ball and uh one high safety and uh justin was out there and, and he went the other way he didn't throw it to him so in the middle of practice jimmy came over to me and he's like he he told me he said uh hey man you know when i'm over there give me that ball, you know, you throw me the ball. And so when we were in meetings yesterday, we, we were telling the quarterbacks, hey, listen now, guys, you got a guy tight end now. He wants that ball when you got a number 57 on him. He wants that ball. And so the quarterbacks took it in, and they were just kind of – so we get to dinner last night, and Jimmy and Justin are crossing paths, and Justin walks by and tells Jimmy, he says something to me, other facts. He's like, hey, man, when you're out there, you, you got to get open. You know? and, and, and Jimmy just looked at him and was just – young buck just tell me to get open (laughs) and and, uh justin just walked away and just had the biggest grin on his face as he said it there's a new sheriff in town his name is justin fields so yeah i thought that was pretty good that was that was a good story told by uh by matt Nagy and uh smiles all around with all those guys this texture from the the 815 thoughts on my, oh, let's see. Oh, okay. This is a longer text than I thought. Okay. Thanks again for taking my call. 
Um, and I want to apologize for the rapid thoughts on my first call on radio. Nervous, it says in parentheses, um, that my fiance looked at me funny once I hung up. Hey, don't worry about it, 815. Uh, you were great. You sounded good. Hey, man, I, I when I was, and this is, I'm younger than you. I'm assuming you're a little older than, than a high school age, but I remember making my first calls to a radio station, actually from the very room I'm in right now. I called the, you know, the show that I called. You ready for this? You ready for this? Well, actually, there's a couple people. This will this will alarm probably some of my score colleagues. Um, but the first one actually, well, to some, this the first one might be alarming. But I called Chet Kopic. Chet Kopic used to be the king of radio, um, of sports radio in Chicago, one of the original sports talk show hosts over on the Loop, and he was on the old WMAQ, various nighttime jobs. And I had to, or they were taking calls um, to try to win a Copic on Sports baseball cap. And I called in, and who answers the phone to screen my call? But a young Dan McNeil. So a young Mark Grody calling a young Dan McNeil, who is the producer for Chet Copic, and puts me on the air, and there's Chet Kopic. And what I had to do to earn, win a Kopic on Sports hat was sing the Chicago Bears fight song. And at that time, actually, I still don't know if I could sing the whole song. But at that time, I tried, and I, I sang, and I was like, Bear Down, Chicago Bear. And then I didn't know anything else. I was like, da 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 And um, come on, and you there's don't know the whole Sorry, Bear Down song? Oh. What the hell? I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But but so Kopic's like, sorry, partner, we're not gonna be able to give you a cap, but uh, appreciate you listening. You're done, you're done. So and then Dan McNeil, you know, he and I don't know each other from Adam at this point. He gets he gets on the mic and he goes, he just goes, Come on, Chet, give the kid a cap. And lo and behold, a poorly packaged Copic on sports hat arrived at my house right here right here in itasca a few days later one of the cheesiest hats ever but god that i love it i loved it and this the other one studs you ready for this ready. the other sports talk radio show that i called when i was a youngin here we go mike murphy and um you know that mike murphy a lot of people in these parts don't say good things about Mike Murphy. But well, he used to work at uh, WLS, and he did a sports show like Fans Talking to Fans. And I think I called him multiple times, as a matter of fact. And uh, so, yeah, I was always good. I was always good with Murph. So that that was the only other guy that I called. But anyway, 815, it's, it's all good, man. I, I thought your call was great, and we're all a little nervous when we get on the radio. Somebody asked me that the other day. Do I still get nervous before I go on the radio? Of course. Of course. It's live radio. There is no net. Live is live. So do I get a little nervous before every show? Absolutely. Uh, from the 219, if Fields playing is on the table, then why even start Dalton? If Fields could start week two, week three, etc., then he's ready. Why waste time with Dalton? I think their thought process is that, whether you agree with this or not, I don't know, is that by watching, being a observer in real games when the speed is real, 
that somehow that will benefit him. And Matt Nagy saw it work. And I don't know if that's good or bad. You know what I mean? Like, is it is it maybe a curse to Bears fans that Matt Nagy saw what he saw with Alex Smith and then subsequently Patrick Mahomes succeeding at the one of the highest levels ever? Like, that's the template. That's the blue. And so, you know, from human to human, how could you blame the guy for wanting to bring some of that playbook, so to speak, to this scenario? You understand it, but it's obvious that he is not sticking to that script. As in, now, Andy Dalton's going to start September 12th, but maybe the next week at home against the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe Justin Fields will will be the guy. Um, Marcus, <laughs> Marcus Richard Grody, the mayor of Itasca, your dime, your dance floor, my friend, Peoria Matt. That's the text at the at the very top of the sheet. Um, all right, I think I am going to take a break, just a quick break here. Like I'm, I've been rocking commercial free, but when I come back, I, I do want to talk about my power rankings. Let's go back to power rankings of the, the bears cornerback situation, defensive backs, because I don't know, I could be reading too deeply into it, but something might've changed today with the cornerback position. It's Mark Grody, Chicago sports radio, 670, the score. I just say the, the little things, the little intricacies within the plays, and um, just you know, repping every play and uh, getting it down, uh, just getting reps after reps after reps. But um, yeah, the thing with the huddle and stuff like that, I feel comfortable with it now. So um, now it's just you know, focusing on the little things now that I have the base under me and just getting better every day. That's Bears backup quarterback. Justin Fields out at Hallis Hall today, and the the question that was asked was, because I actually asked the question, was we know that at the beginning of all of this, and when I say beginning, I mean OTAs and rookie camp and all of that, the goal for Justin Fields was the getting in and out of the huddle, the proper cadence, Voice actually like practicing using his voice. He had to talk into a recorder. Remember all that. So it was okay. That was the beginning of camp, Justin Fields. But what what is it now? What is it? And you you heard his answer. But it was good to hear because because I know that's important getting in and out of the huddle and play calling all that stuff. But I always just like I don't know. It's like thinking that second base is an easy position to play in Major League Baseball. Like, I always assume, okay, that, that's the easy stuff. You don't really have to work on that, do you? It's call the play, huddle up, let's go, get to the line, get back. But, but apparently that's, you know, that's a thing that if you didn't have a lot of that system, shall we say, when you're in college, and in this case Ohio State, that apparently has to be worked on. It has to be a goal, and it has to be the first step. And apparently we're through the first step, and now it's, as he said, details, repetition, intricacies, which is kind of vague and ambiguous in terms of like, what does that really mean? But it's, it's the level two stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, hopefully it's the 200 level courses. Maybe he, cause you know, Justin Fields does have that big brain. So he might, hell, he may be onto the 300 level courses by the time, you know, camp wraps up on Thursday and they're, they're having their real week one practices. Who knows? Who knows what level 
Justin Fields will be clicking at. But yeah, he addressed the media today. Just a short conversation with him, or a relatively short Q&A today with with Justin Fields, but he did speak today. Um, All right, a few things uh, defensively for the Bears. Let's go through a few things. And specifically, the defensive backs. The way it's gone this year in camp, as far as the cornerbacks specifically, yes, it's been Jalen Johnson. He is the number one cornerback on the Chicago Bears this year. He was back in practice today after having missed the day yesterday due to personal reasons. And Jalen Johnson has looked good in camp. He's looked good in the, the tiny bit of time that he's had in the in the preseason games. Not a guy that I'm worried about in any way, shape, or form. So then you had the competition for the opposite spot of Jalen Johnson. And it it has been or was, maybe still is, Kendall Vildor and Desmond Trufant. But it seemed to me that Kendall Vildor really took a stronghold on that. And part of the reason is is because, logically, the Bears want him to win that job. He's a second-year guy. He's a draft pick from last year. There's all sorts of advantages to your own guy under contract for the next three years, maybe four, being good at that position. He got a little experience last year. He played like a rookie last year. You know, it was up and down. There was really no consistency to his game. But he's been pretty good in camp this year, has Kindle Vildor. Um, however, today, as I was out there watching camp, I, I noticed that for a good amount of time today, Artie Burns was playing the cornerback position opposite of Jalen Johnson, and neither Kindle Vildor or De- actually, I don't know if. Trufant was out there today or not. But Vildora was playing with the second string. And it could have been random. It could have just been a matchup thing, something that Matt Nagy was looking at. But I do think it was interesting that that guy was there. The reason it's interesting is because last year in camp, before he got injured, Artie Burns was getting a ton of playing time in camp and looking good and looking like he may start with Kyle Fuller, that it looked like it was going to be Jalen Johnson all along, but it sure looked like they were going to make Jalen Johnson earn it once Artie Burns went down um, and then Kevin Tolliver eventually was waived. It became Jalen Johnson, and that was the right thing to do. But I just wonder if they're, they're taking a more serious look at Artie Burns, the former number one pick, and if he could stay healthy, he has looked good. And shout out to Jason Goff, who filled in with Danny Parkins yesterday when I did my Bears hit and we were talking about defensive backs. That's his guy. And then all of a sudden, today, I'm out there, and magically, there's old Artie Burns ready to go and playing some of the first string stuff yesterday. So that was one of the things I want to talk about with the cornerbacks. And then it is, it was, you know, it was awesome today as far as like something like a positive point of the Bears defense because it just like Eddie Jackson and Deshaun Gibson both had interceptions. And Eddie Jackson, since he came off the pup list, he's had a few interceptions this year. So he's looked good. And I do think that those two guys playing together for a second year is. Like they do, I think they do have a good chemistry and a good understanding about what Eddie Jackson should do, and that's to play center field and Deshaun Gibson more of the strong safety. The only time that they'll with Adrian Amos, 
who is with the Packers now, but Eddie Jackson and Adrian Amos were great together. They were great together because Eddie Jackson, like to the strong suit of Adrian Amos was playing strong and tackling and things like that. He wasn't a ball Hawk. So you had a perfect compliment. You had Eddie Jackson, the flashy guy. And, you know, in a lot of cases, Adrian Amos doing the, the dirty work. When HaHa Clinton Dix came, Eddie Jackson and HaHa Clinton Dix, it was like they were fighting over free safety because both that's what that's what HaHa had done. And really, quite frankly, that's what Deshaun Gibson has done. But it seems like under Sean Desai's defense, the roles will be defined a little bit more clearly. And I think Chuck Pagano, like here, here's the thing with Pagano. A lot of people were angered by the way that he used Eddie Jackson. What Chuck Pagano's philosophy was, I think, just from watching and observing and hearing things, that he want, he had so much like respect for Eddie Jackson's game that he kind of put him everywhere. You know what I mean? Like they're like, okay, I need an extra guy over here. I need an extra guy to help stop the run. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have Eddie do these things that weren't his bread and butter necessarily, or the flashy things that we like to see, like interceptions, moreover, pick sixes. If the role is more defined this year, which I think it is, although what Pagano doing was a nod to Eddie Jackson, I think that he is just better being just more isolated in that free safety spot as opposed to doing more things and multiple things. So you see what I mean? Like Pagano wanted him to do lots of things because he thought he was great and that he could do lots of things. But it, Eddie Jackson, you know, if you're a coach, put your players in a be, in the best position to succeed. And I hope that Eddie Jackson will move towards that. He and Sean Desai are really close because Sean Desai used to coach the safeties. So those guys are tight. And I don't think Eddie Jackson is afraid to speak his mind respectfully to Sean Desai. So I'm looking forward to seeing what becomes of Eddie Jackson this year. This was fun, man. A little Cubs rain delay theater tonight. Cubs and Rockies call tonight. Doubleheader tomorrow, 120 and 530 right here on 670 The Score. Thanks for all the great calls. Thank you for the text messages. They were all great. I appreciate this unexpected time with the Score audience. Thanks to Adam Stadzinski and Cesar Perez and whoever the heck else is back at our downtown Chicago studios. I'm Mark Grody. I'll be back at Hallis Hall tomorrow and reporting to you right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Have a great night. I love you guys on Saturday morning, by the way. I mean, you're an outstanding individual. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.